welcome to the Hot Wash Podcast, the podcast where we are focused on resiliency as a way to think about and work through timely issues, current events, and topics specific to our military families and beyond. I'm Haley Hendricks, and I'm joined by my awesome co-host and wing woman, Dr. Stephanie Grant. Thanks, Haley. I'm grateful to be here and dig into some important topics together. Me too. Um, a quick little disclaimer, we are recording on the Kings River this afternoon, lucky us. So if you hear some boats go past, mm-hmm. uh, that's what that's all about. So we're excited to be here in this episode. If you missed our first couple of episodes uh, titled Welcome to the Hot Wash and Blind Spots, you can find them on our social media pages, both on Facebook and Instagram. We're working on getting the Hot Wash podcast up on iTunes, and we'll let you know when we're live there. But for now, you can head over to Facebook, and there will be links for our show and notes to the show and all the good info you need to be linked in to our pod. In this episode, we're going to focus on COVID-19 as it has affected us, but more importantly, our entire family. Mm-hmm. We're going to be sharing some of our favorite takeaways from a great, a great webinar that we attended, hosted by a pediatrician and author, Dr. Alan Green, and Dr. Lisa Damore, an author and psychologist. We're going to provide links to both of their sites on our social media pages, If you're interested in more resources from them, they've got some awesome stuff. Absolutely. So let's start with COVID fatigue as we're in the throes of round two or round one part B. I don't really even know at this point. (laughs) And I work in a COVID clinic. So there is so much fear surrounding this virus. You know, Mm -hmm. do I go out? Do I not go out? Do I wear a mask or not? But President Trump is hosting campaign rallies. Does that mean that it's safe? Is the media overhyping this whole coronavirus thing? There are so many things to work through there. And now, at least in this country, it's largely a personal choice. So we wanted to share with you a couple of updates from the CDC and our local public health authorities just to help dispel any mixed messaging that you may be receiving. So our cases have been hitting record numbers across the country, and that's true in our immediate county too, and then breaking their record for a couple days in a row now. So even though the country's opening back up, the virus is not slowing down. And wearing masks in public, even if it's just a fabric mask, has been shown to slow down the spread of the virus. And yes, unfortunately, people can still shed virus when they have no symptoms at all and could infect people by shouting or singing. (laughs) I know we were looking at maybe getting a little reprieve from that a couple weeks back with the article that came out by the World Health Organization, Mm -hmm. or the interview rather, and then the next day they came back and said, nope, that is not true. So back to wearing a mask, it's still recommended. Yes, and gathering in big groups is still discouraged because it's all about that proximity and Mm -hmm. sharing germs. And it's kind of like, remember back in high school when you took the health class and they had the STD chart? (laughs) Remember that one? And so like the model was, if you sleep with so-and-so unprotected, it's like you really slept with everyone that person had slept with Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And really the public health tracing process is just like that. Absolutely. So, you know, remember the chart, guys. Remember (laughs) the chart from your textbook. So our numbers are way up, but every day we're learning new information about what that actually means. So as of today, 
June 28th, at the time we recorded this episode, the infection rate in our immediate area is highest among 18 to 49-year-olds. We haven't seen a huge spike in COVID-related hospitalizations or COVID-related death rates. So what does that actually mean? It may mean that younger people are more likely to go out in public these days. It also may mean, in general, that this group is less at risk for the more severe complications of COVID Mm -hmm. and are able to manage their symptoms at home. We won't really have the info on all of this (laughs) for months, right? Or even years to come. Yeah, yeah. Every day with a new disease in the early stage of a pandemic, the information is shifting and evolving and it's like, Drinking from a fire hose yeah, most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we know how frustrating this is for everyone. By the way, I mean, remember at the beginning where they said to avoid anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen? All right, well, just so you know, it's okay to take ibuprofen again <laughs> for your symptoms um, as long as you don't have a medical condition where it would be unsafe for you to take that medicine like stomach ulcers, kidney problems, or a history of bariatric surgery. And that's just what the adults are going through, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep, yep. So still focusing on us for just a second longer. Stephanie, what's been the most frustrating piece of COVID-19 for you? Well, I am extremely COVID fatigued. Mm-hmm. I want to do life as we always did before. Yeah. So I kind of go back and forth between two extremes. On one hand, adhering to all the protections to keep those I love safe, social distancing, wearing a mask, Mm -hmm. sheltering in place, Mm -hmm. all of that. And then on the other, I just want to live my life as normal and go to the places that I normally go and shop at the places I normally Mm -hmm. shop and and do all of that. And I know, you know, just talking and sharing with others, I think my frustration is commonplace. And prior to COVID, we were scheduled to leave on a European river cruise in 10 days, 10 days from today. Yeah, so another year, another time, right? I'm so sorry. How about you, Haley? What's what's going on for you in all of this? So kind of similarly, so it's, you know, trying to schedule plans and having to cancel them. You know, my type A personality is really struggling with this. Um, I had a military trip on the books to work in England this summer, Mm. which was put on hold probably until next summer. Um, Important doctor's appointments getting rescheduled for my family, Um, an upcoming trip to Monterey, plans with the Kentucky grandparents. Mm -hmm. I mean, not being able to get within six feet of my mom or even being able to give her a hug. Mm -hmm. I mean, going to church, even going out on a date night. It just feels like the whole fabric of our lives has been uprooted. Because it has. Mm -hmm. And then on the side of my kids, you know, it's even worse. Uh, Finishing the year out via distance learning was so challenging. Mm -hmm. My son's behavior, his attitude, his acting out, his shenanigans. I think that he is actually just trying to (laughs) self-destruct. I think the ER docs would agree with us. I think that they know us by name now. Um, We've had to install top latches on all of the doors fortifying our home so he can't escape. I mean, the struggle is real. Mm. And and my daughter, you know, she just misses hanging out with people. She's really extroverted and like her mama. And she said, you know, mom, how can I do all the talking for my dolls? Like she can't even figure out how to play with her, with her toys by herself. So, you know, instead I'm not proud, but you know, we really in our house have turned to screens to save our sanity and I can't even say how many hours a day my kids have been on digital media in the last few months out loud because (laughs) I'm too ashamed survival I know I know but you know after my four-year-old tried to break the law by uh 
shimmying up an eight foot chain link fence. And then when his dad was screaming, no, he jumped in anyways and took off running through the botanical gardens. And then my husband and flip flops had to shimmy up the fence and chase after him. We decided that <laughs> it was time to put him back in preschool. Mm. And after our daughter refused to do any physical activity because she was glued to her iPad all day, we decided to put mm. her into camps this summer. And, you know, this was our family's decision. And, you know, overall, our risk of COVID complications, we decided was less than, you know, ensuring that our family didn't self-destruct. <laughs> But every family has a different bottom line and a different set of risk factors, and we're mindful and respectful of that. So let's turn the conversation toward how we can promote resiliency in families during COVID. Great. I think many of us are finally coming to accept that things are not going to change anytime soon, Mm -hmm. and probably not for a long time. Yeah. There's been a lot of loss that we've had to accept in the last four months, and more challenges and disappointments for our kiddos. Between the loss of school, missed activities, missed birthday milestones, holidays, proms, graduation, mm-hmm. sports seasons, and even some having to continue distance learning into their fall semesters at college. Oh. It's been a huge adjustment for our younger generation this year. So I want to just look at some ways as a family that yeah. we can lift our kids up as we continue through this pandemic in a continued state of survivor mode. Mm. Because at some point, we're going to have to adjust to our new normals. Yeah. And work on rebuilding back up to a state of thriving. Yeah. It's it's just not possible for our hearts and our minds to live forever in survival mode, in that yeah. fight or flight. Yeah, we are not designed that way. Mm-hmm. No. So, okay, let's take a quick digression and let's talk about um, survival mode and the stress hormone cortisol. So I learned this from an old colleague and a neuropsychologist, and I'd love to have him on our show. I'll have to get to work on that. But in a, you know, a quick recap. Mm -hmm. So back in the day when we were cavemen, we'd be walking along and we'd see a tiger. We would either freeze or run. This idea of fight or flight is actually Mm -hmm. a misnomer. It's freeze or run. So a whole, or play dead and run, I think. Fight a tiger is not really. Yeah. Yeah, you tell me how you're gonna how you're gonna fight a tiger, right? (laughs) Um, Oh no, that made me think of that documentary on Netflix. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we won't go there. We won't go there. All right, but getting back to this uh, freeze or run business, so a whole bunch of neurochemical reactions are taking place to help us hyper focus on staying alive, and with that, our stress hormone cortisol gets jacked way up to help facilitate this. And then we would either live or die. So if we lived, when we made it to the other side of the tiger, we would get a steep decline in our cortisol level. Well, in modern day times, given our increased work demands, our social stressors being so linked into a digital society where we're often expected to be available and working 24-7, and because of all those things, you know, we really do live in this perpetual state with elevated stress hormone levels. And while it used to be sort of this spike drop portrayal on the graph, now it's just this, you know, slow, perpetual, increasing steady state line on the graph. And then let's throw a pandemic in there and we've got really a huge problem. And the effects of prolonged cortisol levels are linked to increased rates of anxiety, Mm -hmm. depression, Mm -hmm. sleep problems, weight gain, Mm -hmm. even a higher incidence of chronic disease like high blood pressure and diabetes. Yep. So eventually we're going to have to take our foot off that cortisol gas pedal, right? And figure out how not to live in a perpetual mode of survival because our tiger out there is not going away anytime soon. 
He's sure not. So Steph, let's talk about how to do that. Well, I think tip number one is to be present. Focus on being present. We hear that a lot. What does it mean, right? Being present. I think the working definition is to just be fully engaged with what is happening in front of you to avoid multitasking. Mm -hmm. I know I've been guilty of trying to pay attention to my phone, a computer screen in front of me, and engage in face-to-face conversations. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And I'm, you know, ashamed to say, but I can think of on more than one occasion where I had my phone in my hand and my daughter would actually have to physically come up to me and shake my hand. And she's like, mom, mom, mom. Honestly, I don't think I heard her say it the first like two times. It wasn't until she shook my phone hand that I realized that she was trying to get my attention. And I'm not proud of that, but that's that's real right there. We are master multitaskers, or we think. All uh, right. We're doing it well. Yeah. So how about tip number two? Tip number two is to manage our expectations. It's not going to go as fast or smooth as we'd like it, right? And different people will have a different comfort level with our new normal, right? And letting go of some things. Mm-hmm. So how do we help our kids navigate this emotionally charged minefield? Two words come to mind, empathy and validation. And those are things that we're going to be talking a lot about on this podcast. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the first two. So validate your kids' feelings. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What does validation mean? What does empathy mean? Let's start with empathy. So empathy means actually crawling in to your kids' shoes and experiencing what they're going through Mm -hmm. as they are experiencing it. And while you may not actually physically be able to go through what they're going through, they can tell you about it. And in telling you about it, then you can validate Mm -hmm. or, you know, make them know that you hear them, you understand them, and you accept what they're telling you as truth. That's Mm -hmm. the validation piece. So we can start out by validating and empathizing Mm -hmm. with our kids. And I think what's important to remember is validating our kids' feelings and showing them empathy can go a long way in really building trust and allowing them that safe place to process what's going on for them. I think about how often I jump into my own understanding of something that's making my daughter upset. When I actually sit with her, I put my own timeline aside and I ask her to explain to me what she's feeling her reality becomes much more clear. And it's way different than the way that I perceived whatever the situation was to be before I talked to her about it. So I think, you know, to empathize, we really have to understand how our kids are feeling by validating the emotions and experience as they share it with you, Mm -hmm. not how you think they're feeling about the litany of challenges they faced over the last few months. And a sneaky secret or a mind hack (laughs) <laughs> or I guess I should say a life hack. That's what there you go. Life yeah, hack. yeah. By modeling this behavior for your kids, you can show them how firsthand to navigate loss and difficult feelings for others as well. It's really a, just a great life skill to have. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so on this webinar that we were on, you guys, Dr. Demore shared this great analogy of a wave to describe a healthy way to deal with loss. So at first, think about you know think about picture a wave in your head. So it rises it crests, it crashes, and then it recedes. So Stephanie, can you give us an example to walk us through this analogy? So this last semester, I taught a class at Fresno State with all 
current seniors. They mm. were all graduate, graduating Aww. with their undergraduate degree, and many of them were first time in their family to have receive a bachelor's oh degree. So it was a really That's huge That's so day. devastating. And so kind of, you know, so thinking about this, the wave as it crests, you know, I think when we switched suddenly to online, that was kind of like that wave cresting and going up and things escalating. Mm-hmm. And then it really, or, then it really crashed um, thinking about they, they weren't going to be able to walk across the stage at graduation and when it was canceled that was really devastating for for really many of them mm-hmm. you know and, and then when you think about uh you know all of that goes along with that even the day I, I would say the day that you know graduation was scheduled to be in that kind mm-hmm. of thing but then you know a few weeks later when they got their diplomas in the mail mm-hmm. and they it wasn't you know it wasn't how they imagined graduation was going to be but they felt validated for their hard work that's kind of the uh, the wave receding uh-huh Gotcha. You know, it's funny, even just describing that, I can feel like the, the turbulence of emotion. Yeah. That, and I'm imagining, you know, those tumbler, those mm-hmm. tumbling waves where you watch the picture of the underwater camera of the wave mm-hmm. and the tumbler kind of thing. Well, you know, I think what's so important to remember with this kind of analogy, too, is that we think of it's not just a, you know, you go through the wave process and then it's over. Like there might be something that triggers it. You, they might have seen a graduation uh, gift at the store, and then it kind of triggered it, and they feel that escalation. Yeah. Well, waves come in sets, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, how do we help our kids get through their anxious thought patterns? Here are some tips that we pulled and extrapolated from the webinar for keeping your mm-hmm. kiddos centered this summer while they're waiting to hear really what their future is going to look like in the fall. So, number one, don't overpressure. Mm-hmm. No one needs to invent the best way to do X, Y, Z over the summer so they can get into Harvard or you know, special <laughs> college. And don't hide under the covers either. Yeah. Right? The best approach is simply to be even kill in the middle, finding balance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the irony of me reading this one because it's about <laughs> setting limits on technology. Uh, but it's so true. And I mean, this is something that our family is working on like right now. Now, we've been having this conversation a lot in this last week. So set a tentative schedule for your kids Mm -hmm. and then use the technology, whether it be, you know, phones, tablets, gaming, TV, Mm -hmm. use that to frame the real life, not Mm -hmm. the other way around. And also boredom is good. And when I think about like when I was a kid and we didn't have all of the technology Mm -hmm. and we had to go out and make forts and like take sticks and we had to play outside. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also reminding of your daughter's story (laughs) just even during this COVID time. Yeah. You said she, she froze a bowl of water and then she used it as an ice skating rink for her LOL dolls. I yeah, think that's so yeah, awesome. And yeah. she, she's obviously going to be a future Olympian because she was having them judge the, <laughs> the competition and she had one judging and the other, you know, you know it was yeah. so innovative at her young age. Right. Yeah. Well, but then I'm pretty sure like I've already ruined her for life after that because now she spent <laughs> in the interim, she spent way too much time on the tablet. Now yeah. I can't get her to leave the house. So, you know, everything's a continuum, right guys? It's a journey. It's, it's a, journey. a journey, right? So speaking of it's a journey, we want you to think about um, trying to model behavior for your kids so you know they're going to have a lot of bad days during this time and sure as heck we're having a lot of bad days during this time so I know for many people um, you know the go-to coping mechanism after a bad day is having a stiff drink Mm -hmm. I mean we see that image you know fortified in tv and movies and print ads and you know that's like the number one go-to But, you know, that's also something just to be mindful of because 
our kids are mm-hmm. seeing that behavior and they're thinking, okay, this is what grownups do when they've had a bad day. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you to model a different kind of behavior, you know, maybe coming home and saying, you know what, guys, mom's had a rough day. Who wants to go out for a walk? Or mm-hmm. um, these are, are much healthier ways for us to demonstrate how to cope through hard times. Absolutely. And, you know, in a, in a way, technology for kids is kind of like alcohol for grownups, mm-hmm. you know, so they kind might, I mean, yeah, kind of way to avoid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or I should even say this technology is also that way for grownups too. So, yeah. you know, yeah. just being mindful of how we respond to difficult situations in our life. And as scary as this seems, but it's so true. Our kids are always watching us and looking to us for, to be the example and to set the guidance Try, you know, if, if that's sort of your go-to method is to grab a drink, um, try grabbing your kids and mm-hmm. going outside for a walk instead. Mix it up a little bit. Absolutely. I think, too, establishing milestones and rewards. So we don't want our kids to be, you know, we, we or I, I should say we want them to be intrinsically motivated to yeah. make good choices and do yeah. the right thing. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes those extrinsic re, extrinsic. I can't say that word today. <laughs> Extrinsic. Thank you. Yes. Uh, rewards, like a fun-sized pack of candy, can go a long way. Right? In really, you know, motivating them. Yeah, it sure is in our potty uh, potty training struggles yeah. with our son. Yeah, yeah. yeah M&M's, sure. yes. I remember oh. those. Or Skittles. I think we use Skittles back then. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. And then uh, number six, teach your kids how to take a deep breath. So this is really cool. So um, there are just this whole network of stretch receptors on the lungs. And when you take deep, sustained breaths, those stretch receptors then send neurochemical signals up to the brain that tells your brain to turn off the alarm. So while we've known for a long time that, you know, deep breathing is a technique to combat, you know, panic attacks, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, honestly, I always kind of thought it was like fuzzy medicine. I didn't know that it was actually linked to a physiologic response. It's actually science. Yes. Which is so cool. So for your kids, an easy way to teach them how to take a deep breath is to have them put one hand on their chest, one hand on their belly, Mm -hmm. and then have them inhale for four. And of course you do it sitting on the ground with them Mm -hmm. and then hold your breath for four at the top of the inhalation and then breathe out slowly over four counts. So that in for four, hold for four, out for four, that will um, allow the lungs to fill up with oxygen and get a good stretch on and to send those messages up to the brain that it's okay to turn down the anxiety alarm. And what great coping mechanism yeah. you're teaching your kids as Absolutely. they navigate life. Yep. A journey ahead, right? We did it. We did it once a few weeks ago. Um, my daughter was having a massive tantrum because we had just put together a puzzle And it probably had like 40 pieces in it Mm -hmm. and we were feeling proud about it. And um, her brother, who I've referenced throughout the podcast, (laughs) uh, the self-destructor, right? Um, Bam, bam. Yeah, or or Wreck-It Ralph is kind of the the updated version of that. He came in and he just wrecked the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Such a jerk sometimes. (laughs) And And she just, she fell off. You know, she, she flew off the handle and just was melting down. So we did the, the deep breathing technique and it, and it really worked. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so yeah, great. Yeah. So, okay. In wrapping up, our take home tips are to be present, mm-hmm. manage your expectations, empathize with your kids and validate their losses and challenges. 
right as they're experiencing it yeah. in the present. Yeah. And think of loss as a wave. You know, it recedes back, but you got to let it build, crest, mm-hmm. and crash first. And if that wave continues to crest and crash mm-hmm. without any recession in the foreseeable future, reach out to your pediatrician to see if getting some help is the right answer mm-hmm. for your family. Don't overpressure your kids. Avoid the temptation to fill their virtual calendars. Downtime and boredom is good, and it can even foster more creative thinking. Limit screen time and model healthier ways to cope with stressful situations. And we've talked about this a lot already, Mm -hmm. and it's just so important. Set manageable milestones, use rewards when appropriate, and teach your kids to breathe. Hoosah! (laughs) I've got a lot of homework to do with my own family. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in today. If you have questions or would like to leave a comment about today's episode, head over to our social media pages, The Hot Wash Podcast. You can send us a direct message or post to our page anytime. Thank you. Thanks for listening.